Onda Hola. Welcome to Onda Ola, a channel of Wavemakers. My name is Rio, and we will be putting the spotlight on forward thinkers, healing artists, earth warriors, and spiritual activists who are making waves in their communities. Good vibes making waves. Episode one of Onda Ola is You Are the Medicine, featuring writer, self-healed cancer survivor, and dear friend of mine, Jessica Wajda. Hi, Jessica. Hi, thanks for having me. And thank you for being our first interviewee on this show, our first medicine woman. Jessica is a professional wellness chef, a breathwork facilitator, and Reiki master based in California. And in January of this year, Jess and I flew from LA to Guatemala to live in San Marcos, La Laguna. And for the past few weeks, we have actually been living in quarantine as roommates here on Lake Atatlan, just to set the stage for this interview. Yeah, it's been a really interesting time. Um, I find that my life is somewhat similar to quarantine as a writer. Um, I spend a lot of time in my home alone. Um, but it felt right to uh, move in with you and collaborate. Um, and it's been really wonderful because we've just been bouncing off of each other with all of these creative ideas and creation. And I think um, as um, hermit-type people, both of us a little bit, we're a little bit, um, we spend a lot of time alone. Uh, I don't think the quarantine has been so challenging. It's almost been like really inspiring for both of us. <laughs> Mm -hmm. um yeah so it feels really good to be here and collaborating and having a companion for the beginning of the quarantine now jessica we first met in cusco peru at the tail end of your holistic healing journey you have quite a story and you have actually come here to like atlan to write your memoir could you tell us a bit about your journey <laughs> it's really interesting that you say the tail end of my holistic healing because um, in so many ways it was the tail end of like a chapter in my life, but it really was just the beginning of so much more. And I feel like that's really um, important to talk about on the spiritual path is like once you open that door, it's like it doesn't stop. It's almost like it exponentially <laughs> starts like uh, multiplying like more and more things. Like you turn over one rock and then like 10 more appear. So um, <laughs> the tail end of a chapter in a very long series of books. <laughs> Onda. Hola. Um, so back in November of 2017, I found a lump in my breast and um, over a series of really frustrating doctor's appointments, um, tried to figure out what that lump was. Um, I found out in March of 2018 that it was breast cancer. And then immediately doctors were uh, pressuring me to do a really rigorous treatment of chemo, radiation, and surgery, um, threatening that if I didn't do those things that I would die within a few years. Um, my foundation of healing was already pretty strong, so I knew there was another way to heal. And, um, while I would never say do what I did, um, the memoir that I'm writing is a, um, story of how I navigated listening to my own body, defining what it, what medicine is to me, 
and um, the power of the mind and how emotion plays a huge role in healing. Wow. So you used a variety of holistic techniques. <laughs> you could say that. I mean, I was at the point in my life where I was dabbling with so much already um, that when I got my diagnosis, I, I knew that I had a toolbox available to me, like at my fingertips, and I had a community of people to reach out to. And I was literally just like throwing a bunch of stuff at the wall and seeing what stuck. Um, and then kind of going deeper into those things that really were resonating for me. Mm -hmm. So what are some of the things that resonated with you? Um, so I would say the biggest thing, the biggest piece to all of it is the mind. Um, our mind is so powerful and our thoughts create our reality. And um, for me, it was really clearing away all the noise of the doctors, my family, people that were skeptics of the way that I was choosing to heal my body and getting fully in line with that I had the power to heal myself, getting a clear vision of what that was and not really letting anything else affect me. So yeah, I would say the power of the mind um, is huge. Mm -hmm. The understanding that we have the capacity to heal ourselves. I don't really believe that a pill, a doctor, a shaman, a healer can heal us until we're ready to heal ourselves. So having that understanding that we are empowered to heal ourselves through healing our body, heal, healing our past traumas, um, healing negative thought patterns, moving things out energetically. Um, there's so many different tools that we can use to make our bodies healthy so they can fight off disease rather than going straight for the symptom. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's so many things that I did and we could spend a whole podcast talking about the different healing modalities that, that I did because mm -hmm. there was a ton. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, what I would say, what really, really was beneficial for me was the discipline, um, the power of the mind and, um, listening to my body. Mm. So would you say that through the course of this, of your sort of trials and testing and your journey of self-healing, that you got more in tune with your body? You, you could hear your body more. Mm -hmm. You trained yourself to sort of create stillness or quietness, and you could ask your body what it needed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I started doing a lot with, like, uh, I was always – using food as medicine. I'm a wellness chef. So mm -hmm. I was actually cooking for clients that were uh, healing themselves of disease in the body. Mm -hmm. So um, I knew how to clear, clear my body. Mm -hmm. um, so I could really hear it. Mm -hmm. um, and then I have a, had a pretty strong practice of Kundalini yoga and I still do. Mm -hmm. um, and, and through that, it's a lot with listening to the body along with Reiki. Mm -hmm. And um, when you spend all day caring for yourself, it becomes really easy to listen to the warning signs from the body. Mm. Wow. <laughs> so when you tune in and stillness, one thing that you mentioned before is that you empower the body to heal itself. Mm -hmm. The body's telling us messages all day. Mm -hmm. And um, our mind is creating stories to 
stifle stifle that noise that's happening. Mm-hmm. So I think when we really start to care for the body um, with the foods that we eat, with the conversations that we're having, the relationships that we're having, the content that we're reading and watching and mm-hmm. and consuming, um, all those things are allowing us to kind of get in line with uh, being able to clear out what's not real and mm. listening to our truth. And as a wellness chef, you have professionally been working with nutrition, um, which as your friend, I have been able to enjoy <laughs> very much. So you're saying that through nutrition, you can kind of clear out um, some sort of blockage or some of the noise that when you're fully in line nutritionally, you can receive the messages better. You can be a better receptor for that. I believe. Yeah, because I mean, think about like, I mean, I know when I eat, for example, sugar, if you know me, like I, <laughs> I despise sugar. I think it's like the worst drug on the planet. Um, if I were to eat like a cake before I had a meditation, it would, it would take me out. If I ate a cake before I um, had a conversation, I wouldn't be fully present. Like I really think that a lot of these foods that we're eating that are just like super processed or like have things in them that aren't working well for our body. And I think Mm -hmm. that's different for each person. Um, If we're, if we're taking in these things that are like not really so great for our body, Mm -hmm. then it's clear, it's clouding everything. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, for me personally, um, what I run best on is healthy fats um dark leafy greens mushrooms i love mushrooms of all kind and speaking of connection i think that um working sometimes with the plant medicines can really help you to connect um microdosing mushrooms alongside with eating medicinal mushrooms um, i think that can be very very powerful to connecting to the body and connecting to something bigger than us mm. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of medicines. You mentioned plant medicine and like just like natural medicine and even in a non-psychotropic way, Mm -hmm. Um, just finding out which plants work for you. And like you mentioned, like everybody's body's different, right? So like what worked for you healing someone with an identical diagnosis, it could be a completely different route. If I understand correctly what you're Mm -hmm. putting down. Um, This is the only advice that I'll ever give to a cancer patient or anybody that's dealing with something really intense with their health is find out what works for you. Don't follow, like, don't follow what I did to a T. Don't listen to like some doctor that has a miracle drug, like figure out what makes you be able to sleep at night. Really like feel in to your path of medicine and get really clear on what that is and then go all in with it. Yeah. Because I I do really think that it's different for everybody. And that was like a challenge that I had with the traditional healthcare system is it's like this one size fits all. Everybody gets this and it's, we're not taking into consideration anything else that's happening in our environment, how we got to this place. This is a whole nother conversation. Um, And like 
how emotionally and mentally like this this type of medicine is affecting us so um I don't really think it's medicine if you're taking it and then you're so stressed out about taking it or you're taking it and you feel like absolutely like uh, gut-wrenchingly like terrified of the medicine that doesn't feel like medicine to me so how would you advise someone who wants to get in touch with their body who wants to get in touch with their path like how could somebody if they're trying to figure out which route to take um kind of still down and like listen to their body and figure out which path is the most aligned with their personal journey hmm that's a really good question um I think meditation uh like really just sitting and asking for the signs because I think that um a lot of times things are coming into our life like a lot of the healing modalities that I use, they, they came to me and I was just paying attention. So um, maybe through a meditation practice, just sit down and really ask, like, please show me, show me what my body needs. And those things will start coming to you. Um, specifically, what I used was because I had a foundation in Reiki and Kundalini and breathwork. Um, those were three modalities that I used quite a bit. Um, and I'd had some experience with learning how to listen to the body in that way. And in my Reiki training, I used a pendulum, which I also think is very valuable. It's, um, it's literally just a pendulum on a string and you can ask yes or no questions to the pendulum. And it's like connecting to a higher source, your higher self, um, your subconscious, and um, can really give you some answers of what was something that outside of what your mind may be the story that your mind might be creating. So having a variety of different tools for clarifying, but meditation, you would say, is the base of everything. I mean, yeah, or, or some sort of faith, you know, like um, if if you're starting from like zero experience with energy healing or meditation or anything like that even if you're choosing to go the traditional route because i'm i'm never going to say that that's like wrong for anybody because that it's your body your choice um but if you really are starting with like <laughs> first steps of listening to the body yeah i would say meditation some sort of meditation. I mean, there's so many different types. You could do like an active meditation. It could be dance. Um, it mm. could be like yeah. surfing. You know, I think that they're writing. There's so many active forms of meditation where you're going into this state um, where your mind uh, comes out and you're really going with like something something deeper mm. and coming from your gut or from your heart. Mm-hmm. Was there ever a moment during your diagnosis, during your self-healing, that you felt um, that the odds were against you, that you felt like giving up? Um, <laughs> well, from the beginning, the U.S. healthcare system, the odds were against me. Like, I was, each doctor's appointment that I was going into, I really had to build myself up to know that I was pretty much going into <laughs> like uh, 
a space that was not welcomed. Like my ways of thinking was not really welcomed in that industry. And um, kind of having to, to, to go into that space knowing like, okay, we have different truths. We have different ideas of what health looks like. And um, I have to, I have to like stand strong in what, what I believe. And yeah, I mean, there was a point when I had gone down to Mexico and I had done immunotherapy um, in a hospital for three weeks. And like that place, it's called Chipsa. Um, it's in Tijuana, Mexico. And it's like such a beautiful healing center because they really do focus on the mind, body, spirit. And um, the doctors that are caring for us like care. <laughs> You know, we can have conversations with them. There's a lot of working with um, releasing past traumas and like the power of the mind and holistic healing, like overall healing. And um, I was scheduled to do a surgery down there. And um, I think this was maybe the first time that I really didn't listen to my intuition and I let my community um have a opinion <laughs> on what I was doing with my body and um a lot of people had wanted me instead of to getting my surgery in Mexico to pursue San Francisco because like it's San Francisco and it's like this really fancy cancer hospital and um they were worried about the idea of me getting a surgery down in Mexico so I said okay I'll go explore getting the surgery in San Francisco and that is my one regret because I waited a month to get that appointment and like stopped you know the process of getting the surgery and I was treated so horribly in that appointment like the doctor pretty much like told me if she did it she was going to cut out the cancer and then it would come back in six months um, she was like threatening me with my life like over and over again. She like was, saying what exactly that it was a suicide? Yeah. What I was doing wasn't enough. Um, she was totally negating the whole experience that I had had. Um, and yeah, you know, I mean, and many doctors told me this, I was committing suicide. I was. But not um, taking the chemotherapy. Yeah. Because, because their idea was the only thing that was going to work was a really like really really intense um regimen of chemo because the type of cancer that i had was um it's the hardest to treat it's triple negative breast cancer it's um reproduces really quickly and it was like the highest grade so without getting into so much of the pathology report like it is like a scary version of cancer <laughs> but um so, so they only saw it, like, there is only one way that you can do this, and then you still might not live. Um, and they call the chemo the red devil. I'm pretty sure that's what they call it, the red devil. I'm like, there's no fucking way you're putting the red devil in my temple. Like, no, that's not. You're too much of an angel. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, I'm all about going into the shadow work and, like, healing, healing some things that are dark in my body, but, mm -hmm. like, we're not waging war. Right. And, um... At this point, had you already kind of, like, realized, like, my mind is the medicine? Like, were you internally saying to yourself, like, 
if like they're telling me I can't, but I know that I can. Oh yeah. At that point I was like, I was frustrated because that woman backed me into a corner because the other thing was, so the other thing was in the U S um, I could under my insurance, get a free surgery. So mm-hmm. instead of having to pay out of pocket in Mexico, mm-hmm. which um, to be honest, a double mastectomy and an implant surgery in Mexico is not really that expensive. But um, the idea of getting it through insurance mm-hmm. was like a huge perk at that point because I, you know, having cancer is not cheap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, you know, that's the corner that she backed me into was pretty much like wow. she's not going to like put her heart into doing the surgery unless I do chemo. Wow. And I felt really backed into a corner because I'd wasted a month dealing with this situation Mm. um to pretty much be told like that they weren't really willing to like yeah and amicably work with me unless mm -hmm. I did what they said and even just like energetically like my first impression of that is like do you really want someone cutting into you thinking oh this isn't gonna work oh it's gonna grow back like energetically that just doesn't feel like super aligned with what you would want. The, those were literally my exact words. I'm like, there's no way you're touching my body with that energy. Like, mm-hmm. you don't, like, it's a big deal to cut me open and take a part of my body. Like, you don't get, you can't come in with that vibe. Like, mm-hmm. and um, so it was like, I was very sure that I wasn't going to work with her after that final meeting. Mm-hmm. But I was just so frustrated that I had wasted a month because I knew in my heart that Mexico was the right decision and I let that that fear come in for a mm-hmm. minute like what if you know what if this what if this mm-hmm. you know but most of the horror stories are Mexico are like third hand I've never experienced a bad one I mean we live in Guatemala like <laughs> I, I love Central America and you know I think mm. there is like a stigma with that but I, I experienced none of it yeah, and it sounded like the place you were in was it Chips? Chipsa. Chipsa. Yeah. If it was all mind, body, spirit, so it's healing past trauma and like really going in there and like, okay, so let's go back to your childhood. Like, you know, and like going back there, getting to the root of the dis ease of energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had a therapist, um, a psychologist that we could work with there. And I did a lot of uh child childhood trauma work and um I just want to say for maybe somebody that doesn't really know the the term like inner child work um when I talk about trauma it's not we don't have to have this like Hollywood version of trauma that's like really really horrible like we were put through something horrible like it's very easy to get traumatized as a child Mm -hmm. so I think everybody experiences it on some level and then we you know we push it down our whole lives so becoming aware of um some of the things that happened in our early days that are now affecting our lives is like it applies to everyone Mm -hmm. you know it's not just like right (laughs) so it's like early development things that could happen to anyone like by getting scared by a vacuum in, in, a, in a really alarming way so that for the rest of your life, maybe you just don't really love vacuum. <laughs> you can't know why. 
I mean, as an example. Yeah, that's a. That, I mean, it is Getting an example. lost in a supermarket, right? Yes. And literally, like having abandonment issues, or then maybe being left by one of your parents and having abandonment issues as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It doesn't have to be like a huge tragic accident or yeah violent. Yeah, because a lot of people like. I mean, when I got my diagnosis, I was thirty-two and. I was already living this life of healthy. So it was like, what? I'm the healthiest person I know. Like, how is this even possible? And, you know, the first thing that healers wanted to go to was like, do I have some deep repressed trauma? Mm. And, I mean, we found out, no, <laughs> I have trauma. Like, there's there was, like, stuff that happened in my life. But um, it wasn't like, you know, I, I think we all choose to, like, carry what we carry you know and how we process emotion and I think I just like felt a lot and held a lot my whole Mm -hmm. life and I didn't know how to release it Mm -hmm. so I carried it all in my chest in in my heart heart. yeah wow so you mentioned that you um, are one of the healthiest people you know and I see that you know (laughs) cohabitating uh, with you very happy lifestyle with nutrition with just self-care self-love and you were like this also before so maybe you can speak to that a little bit about like how you felt getting this advanced breast cancer diagnosis after you'd been doing all the superfoods doing all the kundalini yoga meditation taking care of your body taking care of your heart and then receiving this news like speak to that a little bit yeah um well there's like a few parts to answer that the first is like of course like in the first stages of grief it's like denial I'm like how is this happening and but then also it made me question if it's all bullshit you know that was really the first thing that happened to me on the first day is like is everything I've been doing total bullshit um And then the next part was just coming into realizing after I realized, no, it's not bullshit. This is the the path that I'm taking. Um, Realizing that I was just scratching the surface. So I was 80% healthy, but then I would just like go off and do things to my body that weren't healthy at all. And it was kind of like this back and forth thing. Um, And... Um, I was just scratching the surface emotionally. Like I was doing all of these practices. Like a lot of times when I was doing breath work, I was going into the higher realms mm-hmm. and I wasn't dealing with mm-hmm. the shit in the bottom. You were doing the fun traveling, <laughs> getting high thing. Yeah. But then it wasn't with the deep rooted yeah. emotional tension. And I'd sit in circles and I'd talk about the things that I wanted to heal. I was a little aware of the things that I wanted to heal. But I was actually pretty blind to all of the stuff that wasn't working in my life. Mm. Until I started to really dig deeper. Um, and like I said, I was taking I was taking on a lot of emotion from mm-hmm. other people. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just something that I've always done. It's like mm-hmm. not really knowing what an empath was. Not really knowing how to process that. I think Mm -hmm. I spent, like, a pretty big part of my life taking on other people's stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, So you're absorbing it. And and one thing that you had mentioned just now is, like, you were doing all the healthy stuff, like 80%, but you weren't connected emotionally. So my question is, do you feel that emotions are an integral part of self-healing? Yeah, absolutely. 
I think, I mean, and there's a lot of um, research coming out with um, people talking about like the, the root causes of um, disease come from stress, emotion, um, traumas. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think for us to be fully healthy, we have to be not only diet and like a proper diet and exercise, mm-hmm. but we have to like our work. We have mm-hmm. to be in fulfilling relationships. We have to be following our purpose. Mm-hmm. Like there's so many things that go along with health. Mm-hmm. Um, and emotion is such a huge part of it. Right. If every yeah. day we're focusing on like what's not working in our life or we're like in some toxic relationships, mm-hmm. like these things are so detrimental right. to our health. There's many studies that show that stress uh, weakens and uh, destroys our immune systems and stress can like actually kill us if we're so stressed all the time. I mean, you can look at heart attacks or high blood pressure or just that, that panic. Um, yeah. But other than stress, there's like other emotions too, like grief, right? You were telling me at some point about there is a, a kind of a code that, um, different emotions are due to different things. So like lung issues would be grief, right? Oh, um, I'm really into the work of Louise Hayes, who she has like a list of all the physical ailments in the body. And then she has her interpretation of the emotional attachment to it. Um, And then she has like an affirmation after it to kind of like clear this emotional wound. Um, So cancer is deep pain and resentment. And the breasts are over-mothering, over-nurturing. And both of those things really resonated for me. It's like, I was always taking care of everyone else for myself. That was another another part of the healing for me is I realized, oh, I was spending so much time, like, healing other people, like, Mm -hmm. holding the space for other people, that I was just distracting myself from going deep into my own healing. So it's so much easier to look at, like oh, hey, let's work on you right now um, without realizing that, like, really the best work the best work for anyone surrounding me is, like, me being in my full strength. Wow. That's very powerful. That's a really powerful. It feels like through your self-healing, through your trials and tribulations and your journey that you became very empowered in your own body, kind of stepped into the power of your own mind as medicine and that it was like it was more than you were just healing your cancer it was like you were evolving Mm -hmm. and like being a sort of testament to the power of the mind as medicine of of self-care self-love but like you even said not just on like an 80 percent like healthy way but in a like actually um, a level up yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie, and uh, or sugarcoat, like, what I went through, it was this understanding that, like, if I want to save my life, I have to go so deep into this. Like, this is my all day, every day, is self-care and self-healing. So, yeah, it was a, it was a going super deep and um, opening myself up to all of the different healing modalities and um, 
in turn, yeah, I really leveled up. <laughs> That's what happens when you spend all day working on yourself, mm-hmm. you know? It's just like... And then I felt really, really um, called to share the story, to, like, you know, be a beacon of hope for people, that this is possible, mm-hmm. that um, all of the fear that you're hearing, because there's so much fear in so many of our systems, like... Most of our systems that are like happening in the U.S. are, I mean, in Canada probably too, and probably a lot of countries. Most countries like they fuel on fear, mm-hmm. and um, I think the deeper we go into ourselves and we go into our spirituality, we get, like we're like that's not my truth. Like you, you can see through the bullshit. <laughs> so yeah, the more I worked, the more I was just like that's not my story that's not my truth like what you're saying you're not even speaking the same language as Mm. me and you just kind of are like i'm above this Mm. you are the medicine yes you are the medicine Mm. and if there's any doctor that tells you any doctor any healer anybody that tells you that their way is the only way like run in the opposite direction Mm. like to me that's not healing Wow. So if you were to give a message to someone who is just received a diagnosis or has been trying to fight their own diagnosis, be it cancer or another disease, uh, what would your message be? What do you want someone who's newly diagnosed to know that you wish that maybe you could have told yourself at the beginning of this all? Hmm. Okay, so when I said... Um... Right after I got my diagnosis, after my first appointment with an oncologist where she was saying all this, like, horrible stuff to me, like, told me I was going to die several times in the, in the meeting, I called a woman that my uncle had recommended, and she was the only person I knew that had healed herself holistically. And the words that she said to me were, like, the most powerful words I've ever heard, and I held them, like, they're most, the most important words I've ever heard in my life, mm-hmm. and I'd heard them before. But they were so poignant in that time. Change the perspective to this isn't happening to me. This is happening for me. And like, I you know wow. I even get chills. Yeah, when I, just I, like, got chills I get chills when I think about it because I'm just yeah. like, if you can shift that perspective to like, okay, where can I see what's not working in my life? Where can I heal my whole self, mm. not the cancer, like. Mm. And you use the word fighting, and it's like I never, I never thought I was fighting cancer. Mm. I thought I was healing my body. I was healing myself. Mm. And in order to create an environment that the cancer could no longer exist. Yeah. And if you can shift that perspective to every test that's given given to us in our lives is an opportunity mm. for us to grow, for us to level up, mm. to fix what's not working. Mm-hmm. And um, if you can have that perspective, and even think the universe for that gift, as hard as it might be in that moment, mm-hmm. you can have that perspective. Like you shift from like being in this fight or flight mode mm-hmm. to empowered, like standing on a mountain. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Wow. So it's a shift in perspective. And when you say that that is a message for healing, the shift in perspective uh, it really reminds me of Deepak Chopra and his work. I've been texting a friend of mine. 
He's been texting lately. But, um, Onda. Hola. For those that are unfamiliar, Deepak Chopra is an Indian American physician, author, and spiritual activist who is quite a pioneer in his field. So back in 89, Chopra published Quantum Healing, exploring the frontiers of mind-body medicine in which he fuses Ayurvedic medicine with quantum mechanics. Mm -hmm. And now through a series of studies done in the United States and in Japan, Chopra demonstrates the role that the mind plays in the healing process of the body. So his mind-body medicine. And the work that he highlights in this book is a series of cancer patients who have experienced what Chopra defines as quantum healing or a quantum leap from a state of dis-ease to a higher state of health, a, a leap, a jump from, from a lower state of being to, to a higher uh, state of wellness. Um, and in some cases, these quantum healings would happen overnight. Uh, and this is what science would commonly refer to as a radical remission. And what we see with these kinds of spontaneous cures in, in hospitals, uh, doctors will um, explain it as a medical error, right? So um, a mistake in a previous lab scan or um, in the initial diagnosis, there was, there was a, an oversight. Um, however, Chopra is looking deeper, right? Like into the quantum realm. And he recognizes that in all of these cases of quantum healing, there is a common denominator, which is a dramatic shift in awareness. So a deep understanding that the patient will be healed, or rather that the patient is already healed. Right? So like entering into the frequency of the law of attraction, embodying wellness to attract wellness, right? Um, and further, with, with this shift of awareness, they are also recognizing that the healing force, the force that's responsible for healing them is actually inside of them, not outside of them. And this also extends this healing force uh, throughout all of nature. Uh, an innate interconnectedness with all of, of uh, the natural world and the conscious understanding that this connection, this everything is working with them. Or as you said earlier with that uh, quote, is working for them in their, their journey of healing. And uh, in this understanding, they apparently jump to a new level of consciousness that Chopra proposes, in fact, prohibits the existence of cancer and it is this leap in consciousness that uh, my man Chopra proposes is the key so talk about mind as medicine right how can we shift our mindset and it just it rings so true in your story um, you could be a testament for that you should text Deepak and tell him, and <laughs> tell him. Line. yeah I mean um I, and that's why I say like it doesn't matter what you 
which route you take like if you want to take chemo like i'm not the person to tell you that it's wrong you just have to be a hundred percent sure that that's your medicine and if you believe that that's your medicine that's your medicine like yeah and then it will work for you if you feel it yeah and if you and, and there's also a lot of research to show that like if the person that's um facilitating the medicine is like holding that space so that's why when the doctor tells me, like, I'm just going to cut this out and then you're going to die anyways, I'm like, all right, well, you can't hold that space. Yeah. Um, I'm going to text Deepak. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he's got a waiting list. <laughs> um, yeah, no, definitely. Um, so having a positive relationship, having faith in, in your team, right, and your doctors, your immunologists, your spiritual leaders or shamans or you know, friends even, support system. Um, So it's more about having a positive, elevated vibe in that rather than having people tell you what to do and you not understanding or being afraid or not resonating with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, like to touch on what you said about the community, when people came at me with their, like, fear and doubt and trying to convince me, to do like a chemo or a different route um I was just like I'm sorry if you can't support what I'm doing then you can't be in my life right now because I cannot have that energy surrounding Mm. it like did you have to say goodbye to a couple people yeah I did and um you know some of them they just took that and they were like all right great like I'm on your team like I want to be here for you and then there was other people that couldn't handle it and like I mean, and that happens, and, you know, maybe that's good to, like, clear out what's not working. I mean, because sure. those people don't need to be in my life if that if there's, like, a stipulation, if there's a condition to our love. Right. Um, you know, I believe in the law of attraction, and having an energy of fear around you, especially if it's someone very, very close to you, mm. that's, like, putting out their fear and projecting their shit on you, ultimately, um, that's detrimental to your health, like everything's energy. If they're putting out an energy that's like not healing and not healthy and not leaving us in the highest place, like right, especially if you're so sensitive too. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we're all sensitive. We're all incredibly psychic. Um, we like to pretend that we're not, <laughs> but every human is very psychic and has psychic abilities. But if you are um, especially sensitive like you mentioned that you absorb a lot of people's stuff yeah so like I said I mean it's not always easy but if there's somebody that doesn't support everything that's happening in the journey um maybe maybe they're not really supposed to be in my life Hmm. so it was sort of like a cleansing of all things (laughs) it was a major detox of all things in my (laughs) life um people food like toxins you know all of it like it was it was a total detox and I will never say it's easy like I said but it was the best thing that's ever happened to me I will say that like with all of my heart cancer was my greatest teacher um I don't I don't regret any minute of it I don't regret any of the like I did not take the most linear path by any means but I I don't regret any of it. Like, it was a beautiful, beautiful time in my life, and it I've only gotten better since. <laughs> <laughs> Some tears. <laughs> um, 
So you recently been published in the Elephant Journal, and uh, your publication is entitled "My Love Letter to Cancer." So uh, our viewers, our listeners, right now can go and check out on Elephant Journal Jessica Wajda's uh, "Love Letter to Cancer." But maybe you could say a couple words about it, explaining because I'm sure that that's sort of um, it's clickbait for sure. <laughs> People are like, "Cancer lover," like, what does that mean? What does that mean? Um, well, for me, well, that was a letter to the cancer and it was pretty much like <laughs> showing, like, uh, telling all the lessons that I learned from it. Um, it's definitely like a summary of all the lessons in a poetic way. Um, but it was a lot to do with loving the cancer, not hating it. Mm. Um, I don't really think that we can like fully heal ourselves when we're living in this hate space. Like, um, so giving, giving love to it and, um, thanking it for all that it gave me and all that it showed me. And, um, you know, it almost talks at the beginning. It's kind of like this hyperbole of that the cancer is a toxic relationship. Mm. Um, but then moving into like, it's the best thing that's ever happened to me. So, um, yeah, it's my it's my interpretation of it, um, where I'm sitting today, that I could write that. Right, so it's a, an after kind of <laughs> retrospective. Mm -hmm. yeah. Because when I was all up in it, like, I was very into the power of the mind. So when I was all up in it, I wasn't acknowledging a lot of, like, that this was a really heavy thing that I was going through. I was just so driven, like, on mm -hmm. the prize to heal mm -hmm. that I never really felt into, like, oh, you know, I was told over and over again I was going to die. Like, that's real. And that, <laughs> I feel that now. Right. So it's after you've sort of recovered. Now you've, um, you know, been fully, like, a radiant example of health uh, for a year, a couple years now. Yeah, two um, years. Two years. So and now that you've settled in and you're like, okay, thank you, Cancer, for those lessons, that you're starting to kind of feel the resonance or it's starting to kind of settle in maybe some of the trauma because being told you're going to die and having those series of um, interrogative, um, cold, sterile clinic kind of vibes must have been on some level traumatizing. Yeah, and I think it's healing a lot of the anger for the system and for some of the people. Um a lot of it, it was less about, like, actually it was happening to me and more about, like, wanting to protect other people from experiences that I had. Mm. Like, there was a lot of anger for the doctors. Um, like, in my mind, there was a lot of anger that they were going to convince some, someone of something that they weren't ready to go into. And so instead of choosing this route of just being, like, furious at the doctors in the system, like, mm. the broken system, because I don't even necessarily blame the doctors. They're just, mm -hmm. like, a product of a broken system. Um, instead of, like, feeding into that anger, it was more like coming from a place of love and sharing my story. Like, all right, that's, that's one side. You can listen to that side. You can listen to this side. Or you can have your own combination of the two. Like, mm -hmm. really trying to shift the pain 
mm-hmm. at that time that I was feeling for the collective and for myself. Mm-hmm. So you've come to like Atatlan, a volcanic vortex lake that is <laughs> famous for uh, writing books. A lot of authors come here uh, for the inspiration and you've come here to write a book. Uh, so tell us a little bit about that project and uh, <laughs> <laughs> so um, the book is called The Story of My Body and while it is my journey through healing my body of cancer um, I really feel like it's more a story about learning to listen to the body and um, unconditional self-love that's really what I came into in the process mm. um, I will never say it's like a how-to book because it's I didn't take a linear path to get where I was. Like it was very much like navigating a lot of different spaces and just feeling into what was right for me. Um, but it's a quite entertaining story because I don't ever do anything vanilla. I'm just like head first into things. So there's um, a lot. I, I go down to Mexico, go to immunotherapy clinic, Bernie Man's in there. Um going deep into the jungle to do some really intense work. In Peru, uh, that's where we met. <laughs> yeah, um, a lot with silent, like um, silent meditation retreats, and um, it's it's pretty it, it's pretty interesting story. <laughs> it sounds colorful. It sounds yeah, like it's an colorful. It's very colorful. Choose your own adventure. Yeah, and it is. I mean, it's like a love story. It's a sad story. It's a drama. It's an adventure. Like, it's so many things. Um, it's my life. <laughs> Onda. Ola. So here on Onda Ola, we are sitting down with different wave makers, spiritual activists, healing artists, earth warriors, asking a question about medicine and looking to expand our understanding and our definitions of what medicine is, what medicine can be, and how we can work with medicine. So, Jessica, in your journeys, in your uh, career, and in your own um, self-healing adventure, how would you come to understand medicine? For me, mm-hmm. medicine is anything that heals. So it could be a hug. It could be a dance. It could be a um, tincture. Anything that is our, like, healing our body or healing our mind or healing our emotions. Um, so screaming underwater could be medicine. Yeah. <laughs> literally anything can be medicine like even crying in the fetal position can be medicine so as long as it's um benefiting our well-being to me it's medicine so um the medicine I choose to take um whether it's like consuming mentally or physically or however is um something that the side effect is benefiting my body not hurting my body so sometimes when you look at like a prescription, you're going to see all these other things that might happen mm-hmm. <laughs> that could be wrong um, for, the, for the body or the emotions or the mental state. Um, I don't really view that as medicine. 
because like it's just gonna create a new problem. Right. Um, we're going after the um, symptom, not and the cause. And getting side effects. Yeah. And um, it's a very reactive rather than proactive approach. So for me, the medicines I like to take are things that um, make me feel good. Like when I'm doing them, I actually end up feeling better, not worse. So smelling a rose is medicine. It could yeah. be. Yeah. Yeah. Everything I like that. <laughs> you choose your medicine and it's more about the relationship that you have with it. And then, of course, if you are smelling that rose and it's, you know, physiologically calming you, kind of elevating, but in your mind you view it as medicine, do you believe mm-hmm. that that is enhancing that process? Yeah. I mean, and, the, and that's why I say, like, anything can be medicine because it's your belief that it's medicine, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, like, rose actually is very healing. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the example that you use is, like... Um, I don't actually know the, all the healing qualities to rose, but like it, I know it's very healing. Mm-hmm. And, it's um, the highest frequency of all the plants. Yeah, mm-hmm. and um, understanding, like appreciating it for medicine, I think mm-hmm. is a huge piece of it. Right. So what if now we talk about placebo a bit? So what if someone gave me a little jar of air and said, this is medicine. You take this, you'll feel better. And then I did that, and I thought... I'm going to feel better. Is that medicine? Is placebo medicine? Yeah, because it's the power of your mind. And, like, your mind is ultimately, uh, I mean, I believe, like I say, we are the medicine. So if you believe that you're healing or you're healed, it, yes. Um, I think that that is always going to be the number one is really believing. Mm-hmm. Onda. Ola. That's a wrap for episode one of Onda Ola. You are the medicine featuring Jessica Wildstyle. Thanks for having me. Yes, thank you for being our first subject, our Yay! first interview, <laughs> our first medicine woman on this show. Our next episode will be featuring healing artist, tantric yogi, and breath enthusiast Mariposa about the magical healing powers of the breath. Stay tuned and stay wavy, baby. <laughs> Onda. Hola. Cut. <laughs> <laughs>